welcome to episode 30 of the Life That Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Orm, and let's get into talking about some Star Wars. In the business this week, you can follow the blog at www.mystarwarslifedebt.tk. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for My Star Wars Life Debt and you can join the group and join in the conversations. You can follow me on Twitter at BloodyOrm, B-L-O-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E. Uh, you can join our Patreon. Uh, we have the $1 tier for everyone. Um, no higher tiers, no lower tiers, just $1 a month and that's at patreon.com forward slash my star wars life debt with a whole slew of little perks and more content coming soon uh you can find us on anchor.fm and if you're on anchor.fm please 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 leave us a voicemail if you're not on anchor.fm please email the podcast at lifedebtpodcast at outlook.com and if you'd like to leave a voicemail you can leave us just record a voicemail and uh, send it into that email address and you could most definitely get on the podcast um if you enjoy the podcast please uh, rate and review it on your podcatcher of choice and if you've if you don't fancy doing that please 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 uh like share comment follow um little podcasts like this thrive on word of mouth so if you enjoy the podcast please tell your star wars interested friends and um, you know if you just pass it on to one more person that's one more listener and they can pass it on to someone else they pass it on to someone else and uh Sooner or later, we could have a mass following. I'm not saying we haven't got a good following now, but like all sorts of entertainment, we always want more. So, thank you for listening to this, and now let's get on with the show. Today's episode is very special. It's the 30th episode yes we've done this 30 times uh which i think is fantastic it just feels like yesterday uh at the beginning of april last year when i rather than sit and write out a lengthy blog post about all of the different things in the solo trailer i just decided to sit down and record a podcast about it instead and it's just gone from there and that feels great um so thank you to Everyone who's been listening from the beginning, thank you to everyone who's been listening from the middle, and thank you to everyone who's been listening from more recently, um, and all of those who have started listening at some point and gone back and listened to the older stuff, it means a lot to me, so thank you very much. Um, and as we're, appro- we're approaching, uh, it's a few weeks away to the... Uh, first birthday of the blog as well so um lots of fun stuff coming um and 2019 is just going to be fun filled packed with content because of the various star wars things that are coming to us so yes thank you for all of your support um over the last 30 episodes um and yeah so for this episode, uh, rather than sitting there talking about the latest episode of Resistance, because I haven't seen it yet, rather than breaking down Star Wars news, because I don't think there really was much, um, 
I was able to rope a friend of mine into doing an interview. Uh, you, like I, um, he he's been on the podcast before, but I'm not going to spoil it because uh, we're going to get into the interview in just a second. Um, so yes, the the interview at the end of the interview is the end of the episode. So. Um, if you feel like you need to listen to the business again, just rewind. Um, but yes, again, thank you everyone for your support over the last 30 episodes. It's been amazing. And here's to 20 more till we hit 50. So um, here we go. And we'll get into the interview in just a second. So, uh, special. we've got a special guest for our 30th episode. So... Um, You've heard his dulcet tones before in the episode called "I Got Guests," uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's the uh, it's the more mature out of the two of them. It's Andrew Beacon. You didn't tell me this was your thirtieth episode. I would have worn my posh clothes. Well, I only thought about it about five minutes ago. <laughs> I, only, I only kind of realised it kind of clicked earlier. I was like, "Oh, it's number 30. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have gone out for like sort of you know wine and and dinner to celebrate. Yeah. You know, like, no, that- Episode. I think that's that's, that's forty. Okay, okay, um, okay. I think for the thirtieth one, we 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 have like some uh, you know copious amounts of really low alcohol beer. Um, Maybe some, a few sparklers. Yeah, and just trying trying to relive the uh, relive relive that misspent youth. <laughs> <laughs> so you you got in touch with me this morning to tell me that you have finally finally finished um, the first part of Chuck Wendig's Aftermath trilogy. I have, yeah. Uh, so, go on. What were your What were your thoughts? Well, I mean, first off, it's been a very long time since I've read an EU book, um, and I haven't read any of the new EU. I guess you'd call it new EU. Uh, new EU. Basically, we just call it the new canon. New canon, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of for someone who sort of liked Star Wars for a very long time. I did very much. I think I said in the last podcast, sort of fall off the uh, the the wagon a little bit. Um, and certainly haven't been keeping up to date with any of the new stuff now that they've kind of abolished the old canon and, and stuff like that. So um, I, I'd managed to get the trilogy um, from a local bookstore, a sort of fairly cheap, and, and thought, ah, go on, I'll, I'll have it, give it a go, and uh, and kind of jumped into it. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was quite refreshing. I think I, I, there were a few things I wasn't too keen on. I wasn't overly keen on the writing style, um, which That's- took me a to get used to um that was yeah. one of the big criticisms of the of that book um when it first came out there was a lot of kind of backlash about yeah. Yeah, about the writing style um which i'm getting, i'm quite interested because i've just uh, i mean i've read all three of his uh style I've, I've read the whole trilogy of course um and i've just uh well it's just arrived last week one of his non-star wars novels so i'm intrigued okay to see his writing, see if the writing style is different. But I found that the style, the writing style kind of either alters to be a bit more comfortable, a more comfortable read, or it's not so, it, or you're just used to it when you get into the second and third books. I think one of the things that I, I sort of struggled with initially is I've not read a huge amount of books which are written in um, present tense. 
right in the moment as it were which which obviously aftermath is it's it's written it's not written as if to say uh you know and then nora jumped into the tie fighter and flew off it's like nora jumps into the tie fighter and flies off yeah and it's that kind of tense and and i think to me it kind of it, it was an interesting one i know that a lot of ya books are sort of written like that so it kind of struck me as aiming for a sort of a ya tone but not quite it certainly wasn't sort of a tremendously adult tone, but it does get quite dark in places. Some of the some of the places that it goes, but yeah, it was great to sort of understand sort of where where the the writing room is kind of going with the direction of the new canon, and obviously sort of seeing sort of dropping some hints in about sort of things. Because was it 2015 that Aftermath was published? Was it just before The Force Awakens? Yeah, it was. It was uh, <laughs> early September because it was. Part, <clears throat> it's part of the uh, the publishing uh under the banner of journey to the force awakens right um, there was that there was three um young reader books so aimed for mm-hmm. nine to 12 year olds and there was a ya book called lost stars by claudia gray mm-hmm. and that you know, i've got to say for a ya book that was fantastic I, I, I will have to try and hunt them down. Um, but yes, the, uh, the sort of obviously it, it's um, it drops. Uh, it kind of drops the little bit with on Jakku in at the end and kind of yep. it, it doesn't overly um, take you into. But one of the interesting things as well is now three years later, um, uh, how it actually connects into Solo. Which I, which uh, I, I, I can't imagine was planned at the time. But there's a little aside in, because obviously the book's peppered with these little interludes with yes. with the main and that character. carries on in the trilogy. Just so you've got something to look forward to. And and um, and the bit where where Han and Chewie are talking in the uh, the Falcon, Han yeah. mentions the three Wookies that were liberated from Kashyyyk, uh, not from Kashyyyk, sorry, from Kessel. Kessel. Yeah. And and I was reading it going, huh. That actually happens in Solo, so that's something that's been made doubly canon now because it was mentioned in Aftermath, and then obviously in Solo you get yeah. to see what happens. So, yeah, there must be a concerted effort to try and tie all of this in. Um, I think uh, Solo was actually being written, right? Or had been, or definitely had been written, or is at some point in the writing stage when Aftermath came out. Um, okay. Interesting. Uh, so I think, yeah, there was there could have been a bit of like, oh, just so you know, because I mean, if you, based on like interviews that like some of the authors have done about like the the story group, basically what they do is they write it, they write their book, and then send it in, and then they get just a few like they'll get notes. So like uh, for that example, it'd be like, oh yeah, so you meant they mentioned like being. Uh, liberated, and they'll probably say, "Right, well, according to this script, there's three, so just go with that." Yeah. Or, like... if you're, or if you're going in that direction of like this kind of planet, why don't you try using this one? Because then it's already set up, so people know. Like, mm. They they're more kind of guide as opposed to dominate. Mm. Um, I mean, it must, be, it must be crazy being a writer on something like the universe and having to try and, especially now. I get because I guess these writers have grown up reading potentially the the older EU stuff and sort of having to think actually that's not canon anymore. We can't talk about that. We're going to have to, you know, find new things or new ways or maybe see if we can sort of re re 
insert some of this old canon into the uh, into the story somewhere. But no, it's it it certainly it was it was a good read. Like I say, it did take a while to get into, but I think once the characters started sort of clicking, it, yeah. it, it really started getting quite enjoyable. I think there was quite the first half certainly was quite quite dragging because there was a lot to to kind of follow with the um obviously the imperial um uh the imperials meeting up on yeah. um akiva wasn't yeah, it that's the one yeah. akiva um and obviously you know you've got new characters it's not it's not based around sort of the older characters you've got new characters you've got nora uh you've got jas and you've got uh Sinji. I, I quite like Sinji. Sinja uh, is, uh, I think he's he's definitely been like my favourite yeah. intro- character that's been introduced in the in in all of the new canon. Yeah, I, I I don't always. I mean, sometimes when I'm reading books, I'll sometimes cast in my yeah. cast characters in my head, and I have to say, Sinja I read as Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Yes, he's 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 got that kind of um, sardonic sort of tone about him, and and yeah, I, I thought the twist towards the end was was quite nice um although it was sort of i thought telegraphed several chapters before but it was, it was quite nice to sort of get a bit of um yeah a bit of a, a twisty sort of peril thing oh yeah of course yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> um what do you think to the what do you think to ray sloan I think she's an interesting. Um, it, it's, it's certainly interesting to have a a, a female um, imperial villain. I don't think, to my memory, that's been done too much in the past, and certainly to sort of have something come off the back of um, set after Return of the Jedi yeah. doing that is quite. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I applaud that. I think that's quite good, sort of. of having a strong female villain taking the empire forwards or not taking the empire forwards i don't know it's, it's hard to tell her motivations at the minute there seems to be something at the end that's kind of she's she's got some plans going on so yeah it's i, I gather she's sort of like the main antagonist of this trilogy um yes and no yes and no okay say no more um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see sort of where she goes forwards in regards to the rest of the stories. Um, but yeah, I think it, it uh, I think it was hard to kind of place her individually until sort of towards the end, um, because she was kind of pulling a lot of strings together, although she seemed to sort of have she seemed to be sort of lined up to be a bit more of a sympathetic character but obviously you've got the characters like pandian and um the banker whose name escapes me and the uh the other imperial officer um just all all of those yeah Yeah. Yeah. i think out of all of the all of like the imperial council that she's got together i think the only one who kind of would lean more towards her sympathetic wise is that is tashu Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, it's interesting to sort of see that, um, that sort of aspect of the empire, that sort of post post Palpatine, um, post Vader, post Death Star, you know, trying to sort of steer it, but obviously, um, different, um, egos, uh, starting to sort of pull things apart in different directions. 
very much like we're seeing in current politics at the minute. So well done, well done for predicting the future. <laughs> in advance. Nice. It's almost scary. It's quite scary. There were a few moments in it where I was reading it and going, yeah, so basically we're like the Empire at the moment, are we? <laughs> Charlie good. Um, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to starting the next book in the series. I think, um, you know, writing styles aside, the last quarter of the book was was a really solid series of sort of action sequences. You got you had the, the bit in the droid factory, which you know, had some nice little nods to uh, to the prequel trilogy and yeah. there the Clone Wars. I did like Mr. Bones as a character. Oh, Mr. Bones is great. I'd love to see. But, you know, they have got this habit of um, using the droids as cannon fodder in the story. Sorry, spoilers <laughs> for anyone who read it. But, you know. I think you're, the, I think, I think you're safe. I mean, this book came out in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you might want to preface this with a spoiler alert. But it's, it's like, you know, I mean, Ro- you've got Rogue One and you've got Solo. It's like the droids are not safe in the expanded universe films. <laughs> yeah, what's J.J. Abrams going to do in episode nine? Is C-3PO going to find... Oh, yeah, I mean, C-3PO's been blown up before, you know, obviously, in Empire well, yeah. Strikes Back. But, you and know, he lost his arm in um, A New Hope. He did, yes. Lost his uh, head in but, Attack of the Clones. Yes, oh, God. Don't remind, oh, don't remind me. Why did you have to remind me of that? Bit? It's all canon. It's all canon. Oh, God. Oh, God. It should be fired out of a canon. <laughs> oh, it's been a long time since I've watched Attack of the Clones. It's, it, I don't think it's the, the, I know we're deviating slightly, but I think out of all the prequel films, it's the one that holds up the least well. I, I agree. I, I think. If I'm to sit, if if someone says to me, "What's your rankings?" You know, they 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 fluctuate based on mood and yeah. whatever. But Attack of the Clones is always at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I'd say the one that holds up the best, bizarrely, next to all the other films in the series, is the Phantom Menace. I know, purely because it's got the same aesthetic as yes. as the others. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it actually uses sets and locations, which you know. Apart from like, apart from like a few inches at the top of the Liam Neeson's head, yeah, because <laughs> he was too big for the sets at times. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it it it's it's rekindled my interest in wanting to to reread Star Wars books, Excellent. which is only a good thing. Um, and I. I I don't know why I started, but my reading has been terrible anyway over the last few years. I've been watching more than I've been reading. Um, and I've been trying over the last year anyway to get back into to reading books. But one, well, I'm not jumping straight into part two, I have to say. I'm, I'm, I'm going on to something else in between. Yeah. Um, mainly because my book backlog has grown at Christmas. <laughs> um, and I've got the new Richard Morgan book, which I want to get on to reading. So I will, I will be moving on to that next. And then I think I'll jump on to um, Aftermath 2. Life Debt. Life Debt, which is the name of the podcast. Uh, yes, yes. I, 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 once I was, I Googled myself. Well, I didn't Google myself. I Googled, um, I Googled the blog and podcast just yeah. to see what kind of came up. And I had to tr- scroll through like four pages on Google of 
interviews and reviews of uh, Aftermath 2. I was like, great, this is why it's so well hidden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is nice. I mean, as someone who, yeah, shameless self-promotion, writes for a uh, another uh, website and blog, uh, nextgenbase.com. If you like video games, go and check us out. Um, you really should. Um, it's always good when we get something that's fairly obscure and not and hasn't been touched by um, anyone else. And we're on the front page of Google. And it's like, yes, yes, it's a really obscure game, but we're there, front page of Google. I've had like a few... Um like really obscure searches i mean it's not a, a, like it's not like they randomly searched something so obscure that i turned up first yeah. um, but i don't know if you noticed saw it over christmas the this vader fan film i didn't see that i have not seen that you'll have to send me a link to that i, I well you can uh, you can if you visit the blog uh, i've got a review on there Oh, have you? Okay. Which, is, which, which also, I'm shameless. You'd rather have the traffic than be kind and send me a link. Oh, cool. I, 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 well, I, can, I can send you the link to. Well, just go on the page. Go, go on the uh, go on the Facebook page. It's on there. I go on your site. Yeah. Um, it, it's um, yeah. I keep getting people like hitting me up like through search engines looking for that, and I'm like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> Uh, that's good. I think if you can find something that sort of not a lot of people are talking about, it, it does help your traffic. Uh, certainly, enough, a lot of people have been talking about it. Yeah, again, we're deviating. We're uh, deviating from you know, the, the task in hand. So, yeah. Um, Aftermath, good book. Um, certainly feels like a new um, direction for Star Wars trying to find its feet at times, but. Yeah. On the whole, I think it nails the landing, which I think is the important part. I think if um, if it leaves you wanting more, then it's it's good. Um, and certainly, you know, even though it takes a while to kind of find its it, its feet, it it um, you know it it all comes out really quite positive in the end. I did think some of the interludes could have done with trimming a little bit because some of them didn't really go anywhere. But yeah. some did. I, set I, I, I'm not going to say too much, but. There are a few do go places. Right. So you kind of got to remember those little threads. Yes. Um, and um, there's one that there's one interlude that kind of follows on in the next two books. I did and read the synopsis for the next book, and it seems like Han and Chewie's interlude is going to Han, be. Han and, Han and Chewie are a major part in the next one. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the the um, there's a the there's some interludes in there. Is it the kids? Because I felt like the kids wanted to go somewhere. They pop yeah. up, but not a lot. Okay, that's interesting because that that felt like something that was an idea that he was playing with that maybe he wanted to do more of or. That- Felt like it was too well developed for a throwaway interlude. That idea because it came up a few times. That does pan out. Yeah. Um, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Um, okay, which into what? What would you say? Were you apart from like kids and the Han and Chewie one? Uh, throw a couple of interludes out there. You were uh, the. Um, there was the. Uh, I, I think there was the one with. Layer sort of setting up the recording, which of course was then brought up further on in in the book. Yeah. Uh, there was 
the uh, kind of the the immediate aftermath from the end of the uh, special edition of Return of the Jedi, where they pull the statue down in Coruscant and yeah. the, uh, the forces come in, which I really like that bit. That was quite a nice dark moment. That was like, a, you know, it's not all bells and whistles. They're still singing on Endor, but you know, stuff's yeah, stuff's going down on uh, on Coruscant. Um, I thought the interlude in, in, on Jacko at the end was good as sort of a scene setter for again some of the stuff that the uh, the war crimes that uh, that had been committed and the impact that that could have had on you know, the the sort of the, those people in the street, as it were. Yeah. Uh, so those were kind of the interesting ones, I think, where it sort of showed it from that sort of street level. Um, uh, uh, it's yeah. The, the, and the two that I was thinking of, you've not even touched on. Okay. Uh, the Acolytes of Beyond. Okay. Uh, the people who buy the lightsaber. Oh, God, yeah, I'd forgotten about that one, yeah. That that pans out more in the next two. Does it really? Because that kind of felt a bit throwaway to me. That was a bit sort of like, oh, yeah, these, yeah. Because they, they said, oh, we're going to go and destroy it. It's like, oh. There's, there's some interesting things that come through in the last book with that, um, which also ties into some of the comics as well. Okay. Um, okay. And the Tatooine one. Which was the Tatooine one? The guy is trying to buy the gang. The ganga, The gangster guy is is looking at buying some familiar-looking armor. Oh yes, yes. He gets. He gets yeah, now you've, now you've said that. Yeah, I did think, oh, well, that's obviously Boba Fett's armour, isn't it? But then it kind of ends and doesn't get picked up anywhere else. It's like, oh, okay, that interesting. That goes a lot further. Okay, what, within the Aftermath series? Within or the Aftermath with... series. Okay. And okay. if... Now, I'm not going to go spoilery no, rumours or anything like that. Don't spoil it, don't spoil it. But if rumours are true... Okay. It could also Is that what's be leading into the Mandalorian. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, but like I say, that's if rumors pan out the way that things have been seen on set. Okay. Interesting. Um. So yeah, I think the fact that if if they're doing that, if they're taking the character that was introduced in the books and bringing it to a live action TV series, I think that's it just kind of goes to show how um, how interconnected they want it all to be. Yeah. Yes, and you know how much more seriously they're taking the expanded universe. Essentially, I think Disney certainly are um, proving themselves to be interested in this kind of this wider media concept. I mean, that's certainly something that they've embraced with the Marvel films. Yeah. To see them going even further with it with Star Wars, which has always been this kind of interconnected, uh, very law-driven universe, um, is, is very interesting. And I know the sort of, I know that there's 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 some backlash to to the fact that some stuff's canon, some stuff's not canon. Um, you know, you've got interesting things like the um, the Mandalorian armor from the Knights of the Old Republic games cropping up in Solo, which yeah. then set. Yeah, and obviously the um, the two Sith Lords from the Knights of the Old Republic games were made canon in the Clone Wars. I want to say I've I've not watched all the Clone Wars um, yet. Bane, Darth Bane, yeah, Darth Bane, yeah. He he turns up, voiced by Mark yeah. Hamill. Really nice. Yeah. 
Um, but that's, I mean, it's very brief, but it canonizes the character. Um, but I mean, the way I look at that is it's canonized the character, but it's not canonized the events that have led. The only thing that's canonized for him is um, the rule of. And the fact that he was at some point and some yeah. of the planets. It's, it's interesting for the. I think what they're trying to do, because they're not. Apart from like the odd hint here and there. With like, hey, look, we've got um, got him to hit like Darth Bane turning up in Clone Wars, the uh, Hammerhead shit, Rogue One, yes. uh, that were also in Rebels, um, those being from like nicely old Republic era. Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely canonizing the time period, but it's not canonizing events. Okay. Okay. Um, Interesting. So if it. And the fact that they're not going near it at the moment makes me believe that something will happen, but they're just waiting for the right time, the right story, the right person. Um, I, guess that, I guess that makes sense, because obviously Thrawn crops up in Rebels, doesn't he? But yes. that doesn't mean that the uh, to the Empire stories are... No. Um, yeah. And he's, he's, got his, he's got two books. There's two books about him out now. Okay. And a third one out later this year okay and those are the first one kind of is about his um him joining the empire okay and his rise in the ranks the second one is told in two timelines uh one clone war zero and one uh set between seasons three and four of rebels okay um because the first one kind of ends not long before he appears in Rebels. And then the third one happens whilst Thrawn isn't around in season four of Rebels. Okay. Uh, so that's all interconnected. And then I think they're waiting for episode nine before Timothy Zahn goes further into the timeline with him. Well, of course, there are rumours surrounding Thrawn in episode nine, aren't there? There are rumours... Whether that pan out to be true, I do not know. I, I'm trying to avoid anything episode ninety the other day, but I uh, the, at the moment. But the other day, I did happen to catch some rumours about Richard E. Grant in episode nine. I, I, I mean, I'm. I mean, looking at him, he would. I think he would pull off the character quite well. Yeah. yeah. But. It's whether it's whether the, the the producers want to go there or whether they want to focus on. There's, yeah, I can only think of one way that introducing Thrawn at this point would work, but whether or not it would or not mm. is a different thing. Especially seeing as we're like in the last episode of the trilogy, mm. and like to introduce to have kind of like suddenly, oh look, the Chiss ascendancy has arrived. Oh, okay. It would fit for me. That would feel really Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Um, to kind of, even though like I wrote, a, I did write a post a long time ago with episode nine speculation, um, where I would have had it. Part of my thinking was, well, what if in the in the time gap, like Leia has united like the Chiss ascendancy and the Mandalorians to their cause. <laughs> But then that's going to take a lot of setup, hmm. especially did... seeing as we've got no Carrie Fisher. Um, and how would they how would they get around doing it with 
unused footage. I did. Um, I did actually have an interesting suggestion. Sorry, again, we go. I think we're, we're we just probably moved. Chat now. We've moved. We've moved off from aftermath now. We just have five minutes, just just chinwagging about a speculation. Um, our, our, one thing I will say is our good friend Daryl came up with an interesting theory the other day about episode nine. Yeah. Is perhaps um, the uh, the rebellion or whatever they're going to call themselves now? Perhaps to boost their numbers, they actually form an alliance with remnants of the empire that are still floating around. That would be interesting. Um... If they, I mean, at this point, it's very. I think the idea for any any remaining Imperials mm. did become the First Order. Okay. Um, so I mean, as that, as far as I know, and then there, there were like the few that basically kind of. I think we're going to see something along those lines in the Mandalorian. Okay. Um, no, they didn't go and do the thing that they were meant to do. So they're basically trying to maintain some sort of power in one over here, over in one place. Um, but I mean, I've heard I've heard rumours of maybe there's droid a droid army. It'd be nice to see elements from the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy kind of coming together. I think that's what the, the, that would be. That would be. Do you know what? That would be really cool, actually, if yeah. they brought a repurposed droid army. Yeah, to, to I mean, boost the numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got NAFOR forces, you know, well, and. And you know most of the most of their uh, allies didn't get in touch. Um, as we find out in the book, last shot, Lando is no longer a Baron Administrator of Cloud City, but he's he run he basically runs an operation that manufactures droids. Okay. So it's like, are they setting yeah. something up here, or are they kind of going down the EU route of Lando having so many? He's spinning so plates in like every kind of five years he's got a new incredibly lucrative project going on uh <laughs> well that could be that could certainly be interesting you know definitely having that sort of that idea of of you know bringing it if if you're watching it one through nine bringing everything full circle around yeah. to sort of like say here's every you know here's a smorgasbord of star wars for you and go uh, have fun because <laughs> i i I still think that by the end of these, this nine film saga, we'll we'll see, you know, the concept of the Force and the Jedi gone from being this dark versus light thing to being this very incredibly shades of grey. And I think that that you know it, that would, the seeds of that were sown in the Last Jedi with Rey, and um, you know, it it's I I don't want to speculate where it can go because I know it gets a bad rap, but I. I, the last Jedi was a very bold film as far as I was concerned. Oh. And I think that, that's a conversation for another time. Yes. Uh, but I think um, if, if they play the safe route, episode nine will be a disappointment. If they carry on, if JJ Abrams can carry on some of the concepts that was, was, was seeded in the last jedi i think it will be a very it will be a try it could be a triumphant finale for this nine film definitely yeah 
and then after that let's let's reboot it let's you know let's let's have a new generation let's have completely new characters um i i think give it i think about 10 years we'll probably get an episode 10 do you think i think so maybe 10 15 years we'll get an episode 10 maybe with uh ridley uh, well whoever survives nine maybe having them come in and Mm. basically them passing the torch on um i think i think that would be an interesting way of doing it um but I mean, I'd I'd love to see more Star Wars stories. I'd love to see those those one shot films. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I'd love to see a solo sequel, but <laughs> I don't know if I'd like to see a solo sequel. I think Solo works as a self contained story. I I think I'd like to see sort of more ideas mined. You know. I think they were setting it up. Yeah. There was definitely a setup with um, kind of having the Maul Kira aspect but then another way of going about it is they did what if they do a lando movie yeah and han and chewie appear oh, the secondary characters yeah 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 you know and then and then they i think in you know they were talking about that there was going to be the boba fett film which i think which supposedly has now compl- uh, i know it's they've said oh these other projects have been shelved but i think because of boba fett got shelved indefinitely because of the mandalorian okay um, so I think you know we won't get the Boba Fett movie for pre A New Hope, but kind of if they were to do kind of like the gang, like kind of like these, the the like the Han Solo, the Lando, and you know if they introduced another character or you know they said because at one point there was rumors of oh yeah we're gonna do like Han Lando Boba Fett and then have the, have like a big team up. Uh, but I think, you know, when the pieces that the threads that they've dangled after Solo with Maul and, you know, especially with Maul, because like there's now a, a five, I think roughly five, six, seven year gap between Solo and when he turns up in Rebels. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, what happened there then? Mm. Now we want to know. <laughs> I mean, no, but but with with Star Wars being sort of mixed media, I mean, there's potential for there to be books or comics or all sorts of things with that, really, isn't well, I, there? I, I think if we and that brings us full circle around to talking about the books, so yeah, yeah. Uh, mixed media. I did have a couple of questions for you regarding the book. Give me some questions. Let's 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 wrap things up with a couple of questions. Let's go. Okay, so did you one of the lead characters in the book? Yes. Is in Force Awakens. Is it John Barrel? Nope. No, oh, because I thought I I thought he sounded like he was a familiar character. Go on then. Who is it? Tenon. Is he really? Yep. When? He snapped Wexley. Really? Yep. Okay. He he grows up to be Greg Grunberg. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'll be honest. When I first read it, I didn't know. I couldn't place it either. I had to. I had to read that online. Okay. Um, and this one's a bit more of a broader one. Um, okay. So now you've you've dipped your toe into new canon. Yeah. Um. What were your thoughts? What? How did you feel? Back in 2014, when Kathleen Kennedy turned around and said. We're getting rid of the EU. 
I think I'd been so detached from it for so many years that it probably didn't bother me because, uh, you know, I'd, I'd not read, I think the last Star Wars book I'd read up until that point was probably one of the last Jedi, or the New Jedi, New Jedi Order? Yeah, that was it. And the New Jedi Order books. And I didn't even finish that series. I kind of got three or four books did, into it. Oh, this is hard work. And I think that was the last time I read Star Wars. Um, I think I actually I've been reading the Star Wars Tales, the um, the comic, the Dark Horse comics, the one, the, the short stories. Oh, yeah. And I've been sort of getting the graphics of that and sort of enjoying those. But I've not really sort of delved deep into the canon. So I think when when she said, oh, we're going to ditch the canon and kind of re rebuild it from scratch, I thought... Eh, do you know what? That's probably not a bad thing because some of those books were a bit crappy, really, weren't they? Um, <laughs> Black Fleet Crisis. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is a shame that some sort of really good stuff like Shadows of the Empire and stuff like that is no longer considered canon and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. I think it's probably the only instance where you can think of such a big universe being scrubbed from the history books as it were yeah. um i mean i know stuff's been retconned in the past throughout like you know comic history and stuff like that and you've had films that have completely ignored sequels um you know when you look at i think the exorcist films did that i think the third exorcist film effectively ditched the continuity established in the second one and said oh yeah yeah we're just gonna ignore that really? um, i did not know that one i think because they're quite um quite detached films anyway well, um there's, there's a couple of instances where things have just kind of completely ignored established canon for the purposes that you know halloween did that as well oh, halloween did that all the time yeah, yeah. um but it, it's kind of rare to see it on the scale that disney decided to, to sort of do when they inherited um star wars of basically saying you know okay so the films and the series to date are canon uh, everything else isn't. But then again, I guess, you know, in the past, was um, the Clone Wars shorts, were they ever officially decanonized during the Lucas era? I, I think they were. I think, because it was really interesting, that the way that kind of, the canonization of that era, that yeah. era worked, was essentially down to George Lucas. Yes. Because in the interim of um, two and three, of course, we got uh, Star Wars Republic, which was the ongoing comic series set during the Clone Wars, yes. which heavily focused on Quinlan Vos. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the the micro series from Clone Wars. You had a series of novels, and then Lucas cherry picked pieces. So, like the the character of Ayla Secura, okay, he saw her in a Dark Horse comic. And thought I like the look of that. I think she looks like a cool character. Right, she can now be a Jedi in Attack of the Clones and then uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, in Revenge of the Sith, because Quinlan Voss had become a really major character in the comics, he threw Qu- the mention of Master Voss in yes. Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah. So essentially, he canonized those two characters from the comics. Um, but then he kind of he was able to kind of establish it so that anything that he did so like any of the stories that he told in the mm. the main clone war series if it counteracted contradicted or anything like that any of the other materials that came out 
then that was nullified and okay. that was his. And there was a massive uproar from one of the authors who wrote, um, she, she wrote a uh, Republic Commando series. It was like... Uh, oh, yeah, what, well, spin off from the game, was it? Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, in one of her, I think it was Karen Travis, uh, okay. she wrote a lot of stuff about Mandalore. Okay. And then, essentially, season two of Clone Wars comes out and just says, hey, you know everything you wrote about Mandalore? Wrong. Yeah. And she refused to finish the series because George Lucas had basically done, yeah. what, done what was in the contract of saying, hey, anything you write could actually be yeah. canon. Yeah. He'd, um, done a, he'd done a George. He'd done a George. He, he did a he very a George. big George on that one. Um, so I think whatever... And then in the end, when it came down to the the reboot, essentially it was what you see on screen. But a lot of the a lot of the stuff in Clone War in the in the CGI series kind of contradicted um, the um, sure. yeah because yeah. like the the book Labyrinth of Evil that features the Battle of Coruscant. Yeah, and the whole kidnapping of the Chancellor, but that was all in one of the animated shorts. It was, yeah, yeah. Which was actually that was probably one of the best of the I, series. I really like those shorts. I mean, I, I I've got quite a soft spot for Gennady Tartakovsky's animation style, anyway. Yeah. Having watched Samurai Jack in the nineties and stuff like that, um, so. You know, those shorts were great. Um, and I think when the CG Clone Wars came out, I was a bit like, oh, it's not quite stylized. It's not quite as nice. Um, but, you know, it's it's it, it's a good series. It's something that I, I need to sort of properly get into. I think we've watched all the series one, but it's, um, you know, it's we've got, I've, I've got all of them on Blu-ray. I just need yeah. to get around to watching them. It's... I need to finish season two. Too many things to watch at the minute. I have too many things to watch. <laughs> well, I've, I mean, of course, I've watched them all already. Of course, you have. Uh, but I'm doing season yeah. two for the blog, and I'm on the last disc. And I know for a fact the next two episodes I've got to write about, so I've got to watch them again. Uh, two of my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I know I've got to do it, and I'm just laugh it up. I've got I've got like six episodes to go. Finish season two, and then we get into season three. And I think season three for me. Like season one is like it suffers from season one. No, it does. It feels like it doesn't know where it wants to go. There's no. There's not a lot of continuity between the episodes. Yeah. I gather the episodes actually were, were, are on the discs out in the wrong order as well, aren't they? Oh, there's a, there's a beginning of season the there's the first episode of season three actually happens before the episode called Rookies, which was the which was all the clones on that planet, and then. They get attacked yeah. by the droids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then that follows. Then the next episode, the second episode of season three is after that, but it follows the same characters. And I'm like, it's like, okay. And I think one of the episodes, there's like one episode kind of partway through season one. Yeah. No, there's two episodes that have in season one that happened before the Clone Wars movie. Right, and then there's another one. There's one in it in season two that happens before those two. <laughs> cartoons are weird. I'm like, and... the airing of cartoons is just a bizarre, bizarre thing. 
I wanted to do clone at one point I wanted to do Clone Wars uh, chronologically and I got so like fed up of just changing the discs at like the beginning yeah. at when I first started. I think I in the first like five episodes I changed the disc like three times. I'm like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just gonna start from number one. Just yeah. go through it. <laughs> I can figure it out as I go. Um, I thought of another question and I can't remember it for the life of me. So um Aside from, uh, well, thank you very much. That's all right. Um, and uh, I hope to get you on here because this is actually, we've pretty much filled an episode now. So um... well, we, we have, haven't we? I mean, we've been going for a while. It's 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 always good to talk. It's uh, We don't do enough of that these days. We but really we should, don't. The little we darlings, should... as we call them. <laughs> we should have to... We should have to uh get together and talk stuff a bit more often i think we, we we've been discussing various things so yeah well i think we can we can hint at it we've been talking about doing a podcast we have been talking about not not this one not this we, one we're doing another one yeah, yeah. um i think give it a week or give me another week or so and i'll yeah. be i'll have my availability will will increase. we should see we should see what we can do and we also do a, do try and make films as some we occasionally try and do a, do a film so maybe you might come and make some films with me at some point i'd love to come and make some films with you at some point <laughs> audio so you have to you have to do that now <laughs> yeah uh, yeah exactly well i can edit <laughs> i won't edit but i could edit <laughs> right <laughs> well, anyway uh, thank you very much um and uh, I'll say my goodbyes to you now, sir. Well, it's been it's been a pleasure and an honour, ah. and I shall I shall be speaking to you again soon. Very soon, and uh, yes. um, I'll say, may the force be with you, and to end the episode, punch it, Chewy. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>